Now don't think for a second that mystical experiences are for spiritual masters only, that you need to be born with special intuition, or that you need to be part of some historic lineage. Anyone can have a rich inner life. You can have closeness with God and achieve this inner peace. I'm Nina Hielenda. Welcome to Holy Rebels, the podcast for modern mystics who seek the sacred in all things. This is where we explore mystical theology to help you put your spirituality into action. What is a mystical experience? It's utterly mysterious and difficult to articulate, but it's common enough that we have reports of mystical experiences across time and cultures. It's a state of consciousness, a phenomenon that simply happens to us and we don't know why. We can't predict it. We can't control it or provoke it. And though there are innumerable techniques like meditation, yoga, breathing practices, prayers, etc., all claiming to be successful in cultivating mystical states, there's still something unattainable about the whole thing. It's as if the universe has to grant this experience as a gift. It's impossible to achieve through your own efforts alone because it's given to you by grace. You can't attain mystical states by yourself. You can only nurture within you a state of openness to receiving them. Now, don't think for a second that mystical experiences are for spiritual masters only, that you need to be born with special intuition, or that you need to be part of some historic lineage, or that you need a wise guru to show you the way, or that you need to quit your job and become a monk to experience this state of bliss. Anyone can have a rich inner life. You can have closeness with God and achieve this inner peace. There's a brother. His name is Wayne Teasdale. He was a lay monk who combined the traditions of Christianity, Hinduism, and Buddhism. And he says this, Every one of us is a mystic. We may or may not realize it. We may or may not even like it. But whether we know it or not, whether we accept it or not, mystical experiences are always there, inviting us on a journey of ultimate discovery. We have been given a gift of life in this perplexing world to become who we ultimately are, Creatures of boundless love, caring compassion, and wisdom. Hmm, I love that. Mystical experiences have been recorded across time and cultures. In fact, the oldest story in the world features a character who has a visionary state that drives the plot. I'm referring to the Epic of Gilgamesh. It's the oldest story known to humankind. Something happens to the hero, Gilgamesh, and 
it sets him on a quest for the answer to this question. Who am I? What is the meaning of my life? Tells you something about what it means to be human. Our ultimate question, doesn't it? There are three telltale signs of mystical consciousness. One, the sensation of transcending your individuality and feeling that everything is part of you. Two, a complete reassurance that all is as it's supposed to be. And three, a desire to share this experience with others. So let's look at the details of each one of these signs. See if you can recognize yourself in any of these three. Maybe you've experienced them all. One, the sensation of transcending yourself. When a mystical state strikes you, something game-changing happens. A peculiar, convincing sensation that your ordinary state of mind is somehow an illusion, that it's only a small part of your reality. Your sense of individuality is transcended. Personal identity dissolves into something bigger. It's not that you lose yourself or that you disappear. It's quite the opposite. It's that you find your real self. And it feels like you expand into more of who you are. Suddenly, it feels like instead of confronting a world that is foreign to you, that is other, you find yourself in a state of oneness with the world. Integration of your you-ness with nature, with people, with all the stuff in your environment. And you suddenly feel like it's as familiar to you as your own body. Imagine that, as if the external world is no longer other, but it's part of who you are. It's your body. Let's, let's really imagine this for a second, because it's quite wild. Look around you wherever you are right now. Look at something in the room or in the space you're in, in the car or in the environment, anything. It could be a computer or maybe your phone, a mug, a book. Or if you're outside, look at a tree or a cloud or a car. Now, what would it be like if this object suddenly and irrevocably felt like it is your body? It is part of your body. Can you imagine what that would feel like? Now look at something else. A pet or another person or a plant, something alive. Now, what if you suddenly had an experience, like a wave that washes through you, a wave that is utterly convincing, that this being in front of you is part of you, in the same way that your hand is part of who you are? How would that feel? Weird, right? Awe-inspiring. 
Transcending yourself and feeling entirely connected to all things is only one aspect of a mystical experience, but it's a profound one. Hildegard of Bingen, the 11th century German nature mystic, says, Humanity, take a good look at yourself. Inside, you've got heaven and earth and all of creation. You're a world. Everything is hidden in you. Okay, let's go to the second part of a mystical experience, which is an overwhelming sense that everything you've ever done has led you to this moment right now. Your choices, successes, disappointments, regrets, everything you've ever done, and all the things that have happened to you is part of a harmonious design. There are no mistakes. This moment right here is meant to be. You realize that the sensation of destiny is not an intellectual exercise. Okay, it's not a philosophy. It's called a mystical experience because it's an experience. It is as real and convincing as this moment we're living right now. It's a feeling that all is right with the world. Imagine the relief. Remember in the last episode how Thomas Merton talked about such a huge relief that he realized that all the people around him are his brothers and sisters? It's like that. It's like a liberation, a weight off your chest that you don't have to do everything alone. How would you feel if you knew with every fiber of your being that all is as it's supposed to be? You didn't fail. You didn't make a mistake. You're meant to be here. It feels like an all-encompassing wave of unconditional acceptance rolls over you and just saturates your soul. You don't even know what hit you because you didn't know this type of bliss was possible. It's a complete harmony. Breathe that in. So when this happens to you, there's no doubt in your mind because it's not a rationalization. A mystical experience is not a theory that someone has to convince you of to make your life seem more tolerable. It's not a belief. It's a state that you experience that's as real and deep and undeniable as the love that you have for the people closest to you. How could you deny that love? You can't. It's felt. You just know. And religions might tell you that you need to have faith or discipline in order to attain this type of experience. But personally, I don't think that's effective because people don't believe what they're told. Let's be honest. If it's entirely outside the realm of your own lived experience, are you going to believe it? I don't. <laughs> We're too curious as a species to take things at face value. We need to feel, touch, experiment, and discover the truth for ourselves. And sure, children believe what they're told about the world, 
But it's only a matter of time before they start testing those theories for themselves, right? So if someone tells you that you need to first believe in order to feel, and then through believing you come to feel that all is one or that you're saved or something like that, well, that's never going to work. That's like trying to make the tail wag the dog, to make the effect produce the cause. You can't have faith unless something deep inside you, an intuitive stirring in your gut, tells you, yes, this is real, this is my path. The gnosis or knowing that all is one has never been brought about by insisting to yourself that that's the case. In fact, let's go on a little thought experiment. When you insist to yourself that all is one, all is love, like a mantra, you're actually implying that these things are not true. Because you wouldn't be saying such things to yourself if you already felt them. So what you're doing is actually counterproductive. You're denying your lived experience and you're trying to convince your intellect the exact opposite that is true. And so what you're doing is you're only alienating yourself from feeling connected to what's true for you in this moment right now. And so you're getting further and further away from that experience of spirituality. Sensation of a universal harmony cannot come through a mantra. That's just overcompensating for the way we actually feel. A mystical experience comes out of the blue, my friend. It's not something that can be created. And when it comes, it's overwhelmingly convincing. And I know this to be true because mysticism stands as the foundation for humankind's most profound philosophical, metaphysical, and religious ideas. Mysticism underpins meaning. Okay, so that's the second sign. Now, the third sign of a mystical experience is the desire to share it. The wonderful thing about this phenomena when it happens to someone is that they cannot restrain themselves from trying to tell everybody. You can't explain it, but you're just compelled to keep trying. You can spot a person like this because they're genuinely happy. And it's not just regular happy. It's happy without a cause. It's joy. Now, they're not joyful all the time, of course. They're still human beings with moods and quirkiness. But deep down, they have an inner peace that cannot be disturbed because it's rooted in a certainty about who they are and about who or what God is. You discover joy and meaning for yourself. And you gain conviction and a sense of unshakable security. You're sure of yourself in the same way that a flower doesn't hesitate to bloom. It just does it because that's what it was born to do. Which brings us to the very basic question. What do you think people are born to do? What is the purpose of being a human being? Many of the spiritual masters would say that we are called to love one another. 
that love is the purpose to empower and help one another. So the same thing happens when a person has a mystical experience. They are bursting to express it because they've discovered the source of harmony and they can't help but share it with others. They see themselves and everyone around them in a whole new way. Being alive has new meaning. The purpose is simply to live. It's, it's so obvious, and yet everyone is rushing around as if there's something else to achieve in life. No, just enjoy your life, my friend. What else is there? And the funny thing is that we don't even know what we're chasing. It's always the next thing. It's always something outside of this moment right now. And to the person in a state of mystical consciousness... Chasing seems absurd. There we have the three telltale signs of mystical consciousness. Let's review them. One, the sensation of transcending your individuality and feeling a siblingship with everything. Two, a complete reassurance that all is as it's supposed to be. And three, a desire to share this experience with others. I am so excited to be having this conversation with you. In this first season of Holy Rebels, we're going to explore the three traditional states of mysticism. The purgative way, the illuminative way, and the unitive way. We'll discover the types of mystical connection that draw you in Maybe for you it's nature mysticism like St. Francis, or contemplative prayer like the cloud of unknowing. With guidance from the spiritual masters, we're going to map the inner landscape. I'm so glad that we've found each other, my friend, because spiritual companionship is truly a rare treasure. And in the next episode, we're going to dive right into the metaphysics of prayer. What actually is happening when you pray? How should we respond to unanswered prayers? Do prayers have any consequences in the real world? And is there a right way to pray? If you enjoyed this episode, my friend, please consider leaving me a review below. This is a brand new podcast, so I would love your feedback. Leave a review below right now. This is your life. Make it count. I'll see you next time on the Holy Rebels podcast. Mm -hmm.